Scotty Haynes, and I'm the host. And then on the controls, yeah, the man behind the scenes, Connor Mason. Connor Mason. And um, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun day. Excited about this now, um, Connor. I know you're you're a movie guy. Oh, I am. And so, have you? It's I don't family. think you've seen this, but mm. and have you ever watched The Family Man? No. I'm telling you, I think it's an underrated uh, movie. So it's you know this guy is. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like it's a wonderful life. He he gets mm. this chance to see what his life could have been like, and um, if he would have been more intentional in a few certain areas and oh, done things a little man. different. Yeah, really good. And it stars you know Oscar winner Nicolas Cage. Well, I don't know if he's Oscar winner, but um, it's one of the movies of his that I actually raising like. Arizona. Right? <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. This is, he's a little older. Oh, Nicky, more mature, a little a little more wisdom. <laughs> and uh so but it's it's a great movie shelly and i i love it it's got uh uh Taya leone oh yeah yeah uh uh don Cheadle. anyway it's really good i love it i love the movie so thinking about today is why i brought it up because today our guest is a lot of people probably know him as as a pastor he's actually our pastor and our uh -huh. boss yes but uh but uh and um, but what some people may not know if they don't really have, have been around him much is that he's really a great family man, and um, and he's I don't I don't know if I would compare him to Nicolas Cage. <laughs> have you been in a lot of movies that are good and really bad? Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or do you talk? Like this. Uh, I but, think he was in Ghost Rider, though. Yeah, yeah. He was an extra. extra and so extra. we're excited to have uh, with us our, he's actually our pastor, Pastor David Gadbury. Ooh, Welcome, yeah. Pastor David. Good to be here. The audience applause. Um, That's right. And so, uh, man, we're excited that you're here. And tell us, just jump in here. Tell us about your family. Tell us about uh, who all makes up. The Gadbury clan, and for those that may not know know you. Uh, all right, so uh, Janae, my wife, we've been married for 30, it'd be 35 years. Come on. Well, 34 years. Oh, I'm going to get in so much trouble. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's 30, we always get in, we always have this problem when you're in the year of your anniversary. Yeah, yeah. Because you're thinking, caught in between. Have I already been saying it's mm. 34? Is it really 35? I think it's 35. I think in August, on August the 12th, it would be 35. Hey, you years. know the date. That's, That's what really matters. That's yeah. 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 So, congratulations on that, too. That yeah. is awesome. Yeah. So, we got married when we were 19 years old. Janae and I, high school sweethearts. We, we've had a great, really grew up together. You know, she's, she's an amazing woman. She's a she's a school teacher. Well, she 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 has been in the last year. She shifted over to uh, becoming a um, interventionist, like a reading interventionist. So okay. she still teaches kids, but she brings them in and helps them with their reading. Um, and then you have my oldest daughter Taylor, which we won't get into all the story there, but she's a miracle. She's born dead, and God literally just just healed her i don't know how else to describe it like she was not alive no oxygen for 15 minutes he didn't heal her he brought her back to life like, yeah come on yeah i've got the video of when the doctor held her up and he really didn't let us see her very long but we we froze it and you can see she was completely dead and blue and the they just stayed after it and we prayed and 
um, we honestly, we were so young, we didn't really know what was yeah, going on. Yeah. But ultimately, God healed her, brought her back mm-hmm. to life. She's done excellent. They told us we were going to have all kinds of different issues. She hasn't had any issues. She's always been. Not that it has to do with that. No, she's no, no longer. Uh, yeah. She's not blue anymore either. Yes, she's she's actually sad. she's actually sometimes uh, she's sad. Well, I don't know. She's pretty white. She kind of she borders is. on blue. She does. Hey, Connor, you know this? Why? I I know Taylor. How do you know Taylor? She's my wife. Oh, you should have said, "Well, we we're intimate." <laughs> and then you could have said why. Okay, we're, se- anyway. we're seven years in, which yeah. means I'm really his boss. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. on many fronts. No, not at all. She, she's kind of my boss. Yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. She's that's your awesome. boss. I'm her supervisor. So anyway, <laughs> uh, no, Taylor, awesome. wonderful woman. She's also a school teacher. She just found her gift. She was she's going to college for psychology, and then she went in uh, to Janae's classroom one day, and she said, "This is it. This is oh, what wow. I want to do," and so. She went back to school and got uh, finished out her degree uh, for education. She's an excellent teacher um, in our community. And then she has given me and Connor, uh, my other son, I call mm-hmm. him son. He, uh, about, oh, seven years ago, is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, they got married and now we have uh, Lindley who's our oldest and first grandchild. And now Millie, Come on. who's six months old. Yeah. And just precious kids. And then, of course, we have Sydney, who's our 21-year-old, just graduated college. She'll be 22 in June. That's hard to believe. And Taylor just turned 29, which I almost have a 30-year-old. Golly. (laughs) Um, But anyway, uh, that's it, man. That's the family. And Sydney, is she's got her degree in communications from WT. And she is our youth pastor at Summit Church. And... uh, just contributes in so many different mm-hmm. positive yeah. ways. Amen. And so, uh, man, God has God has just blessed me. I, you know, I, oftentimes people ask me why why did our kids turn out so well, and and why has that part of our life gone well? And I'd like to take a lot more credit for it, but really, I just have to say God has given us grace, and He just blessed us with kids that are they just love Jesus. It's awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I love too because. I get to be around Connor quite a bit, and um, you know, I think the prayer of a of a father, um, and especially when you have, especially when you have girls. I mean, I have yeah. a, a one daughter, but your prayer, prayer for fathers, that your kids would marry people that love Jesus and um, are pursuing Him with all of their heart. And man, mm-hmm. what a blessing that I know that, as you said, Connor being there answered a prayer, and um, when God does that, and you see this legacy growing in your family. It's just the best thing. Yeah. And you're like, okay, God, all right, one down, another one to go. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how Listen, we felt it. This is not a joke. Uh, I told Connor this at their wedding seven years ago, but I prayed for him. I've been praying for him for, we'll see how old is, how old was Taylor when they got married? Uh, how old was she when she got, just turned 21? So for 21 years, 21 years, I prayed for him and didn't even know it. Yeah. And, uh, and I, when I say I prayed for him, I'm not joking. That's not a joke. I mean, I wasn't like saying a little prayer now and then. Yeah. We regularly prayed God send the right person. And to be truthful, that's exactly what happened. I mean, she was just going to church, leading worship, and God brought him from another community. He was in a transition part of his life. Mm-hmm. And he literally came to our community to come to our church. And it's true. 
I mean, literally, it sounds weird, and I know a lot of people, when they hear Christians say that, God will bring you the right one, you know, <laughs> especially if you're the single person, you're like, yeah, right. Uh, but I'm telling you, God brought Connor to Taylor's front door. I mean, literally just brought him to her, and they knew very quickly, this is yeah. this is it. That's awesome. And so it, it's that it it prayer works. Yeah, it works. You know, if uh, all you men that are listening, I don't know if you got to listen to uh, our last podcast, the very first one, but at the very end, uh, the sheriff Joe yeah. Richardson he he gave a piece of advice for all men that aren't Christians. Yeah, he said, "Stay out of the honky tonk." <laughs> <laughs> and so, listen, man, you're looking for a wife. Stay yeah. out of the honky. Be in the church. Go to church. Go You're like, church. well, I'm not a Christian. We'll just go anyway. Yeah. Go anyway, and you know, see what happens. And um, and so into this. I, I think that's awesome. Now, um, so I, I think you know, I've found in in family life and trying to trying to do family right with Shelly and I, my wife Shelly, we we just laugh. We laugh so much, mm-hmm. and uh, and so. I know Janae pretty well at your wife. And so when, what is it that like you two that when you're together, that makes you both just, you're like, Oh my gosh, you just laugh. It's just like, it brings such laughter. Uh, is it being goofy? Is it, is it, what is it? Tell, tell me something. Can we talk about that on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. I hope that's not too much. Laughter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, you know, right now, to be honest, it's it's uh, getting older. That's the that's the thing that makes us laugh now, because we have a hard time we have a hard time realizing how old we are. Like we're fifty four, but I don't feel fifty four. Come feel on, like I'm thirty five. You guys are very youthful for yeah. your quote unquote age. And I think it's yeah, kind of, yeah I think it's kind of because we laugh a lot, and we're right. and and we we around young people a lot, and mm. so uh, to me. Uh, and there's so much to be gained from our older, you know, loved ones and our older friends. And we have a lot of older friends as well, but I'll just tell you, we just laugh so much about, uh, just (laughs) the different feelings of getting old, like how we used to be able to do this. And you, you know, I told her the other day, I said, good God, I, I used to have to actually do something to hurt myself. Now I could roll out of bed and hurt myself. We just laugh about. Yeah. What's wrong with your show? I don't know. I think I slept on it. Oh my gosh. It is so crazy, but we laugh a lot about that. We laugh a lot about our grandkids. Uh, oh, and, there's a lot to laugh at there yes. for sure. And uh, and you know what? Honestly, just, I know you're you're being you're trying to be funny and and, and be light, but we really have learned that. If you're going to make it in leadership of any kind, ministry or otherwise, if you're going to have a good family, you got yeah. to laugh a lot. That's right. It's got to yeah. be. There's got to be laughter in the home. Enjoy. Yes. Yeah. I. You know, it's funny. You're talking about getting old. Shelly and I will be. We'll laugh at that, and then we'll we'll see some what like an actor or something. Yeah. And we'll be like, my God, they look old. They're 45 <laughs> yeah. years old, Shelly. <laughs> They shouldn't be that old. What yeah. is going on? Yes. I remember when they were young, you know. I do that with Facebook friends. You go to high school with them, you hadn't seen them from high school, and you're like looking at you going, holy God, what happened? And then I look in the mirror and go, oh, that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you look at them and you go, man, they look old. Yeah. 
<laughs> you, then you see yourself through their eyes. You're like, yes, oh, I look dude. older than They're saying the same thing we're saying. <laughs> yes. And we're like, man, that age, this, life's not been good to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wild living to catch up with you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I think that that's great. We love to laugh. We, Shelly and I can laugh with each other more than anybody else. You know, you're just mm-hmm. transparent. And, um, and I think that feeds over into your family. You know, I, I, I've obviously been around you for a long time. We've been friends mm-hmm. for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so I know that you and Janae have a great marriage, but I've seen that also feed over into your family with, with Sydney and Taylor and even Connor. And I know that uh, family like that doesn't just happen. So, you know, being around you, I know one of the things you talk about is intentionality. Mm-hmm. So talk about just intentionality as a father um, and and how you've really tried to incorporate that into your life and and speaking life into your daughters who are now obviously adult, but even how that, that, that played out mm-hmm. as they were growing up. You know, I heard, I was coaching a friend of mine, a pastor friend of mine earlier today, and um, uh he 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 is an amazing pastor, amazing leader of a very significant organization, and uh, and he's he's you know talking about family. I, mm-hmm. I want my I want this to go right, and so we got in this big deep conversation. I'll share some of that, not the conversation, but I'll share some of those thoughts right now. But he said something that boy, it hit me right between the eyes, and I thought this is a great thought. He was talking about leading his organization like a father, mm-hmm. you know, like being a a father, uh, and what does a father do? And one of the things he said a father did, it man, as I'm thinking about it now, even about to speak it, I'm getting a little bit emotional because it's such a, he said fathers call in their kids, they do two significant things. They call out things that need to change, but they also call out greatness. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we've just always, always, believed with all of our heart that there was greatness in our kids. Uh-huh. We've just believed it. We, I, I mean, I don't remember a time when our kids were born. Now, I know everybody does this to a degree. Oh, they're so, so smart, smarter than every other child. <laughs> you know, this is a child is brilliant. Let's get them, you know, come on, let's get, they're, they're reading before everybody else. They're, just, they're, they're so smart. And then we got to math and it was like, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but we always have just always believed, and partly because of what happened with Taylor, um, the miracle that God did in her life. We, we just couldn't help believe, man, there's something special yeah. on this child because God brought her back to life. And then we had trouble having kids. And I think that kind of informed our mentality towards how we would raise them. Mm. Because, because when you have trouble having children and then you have them, they're such a gift. You can go one of two ways. You can, you can go crazy and spoil them and make them rotten. Right. But I've seen people do that. Or you can see there's there's something great about these kids, That's and awesome. I'm going to speak to that. And so we've always been very aware of the weaknesses, and always right. very aware of the you know things that needed to change. And we've called those things out, always in love. Uh, we weren't perfect parents, and we're not perfect parents still, but we definitely called out the greatness in them. So when you speak of intentionality, we've always just. And sometimes maybe a little too much to where it became pressure and anxiety right. for them. And we had to walk through that. Yeah. But the truth is we've always kind of given them this insight that you're, you're special. That's awesome. God's hands on you. 
you, there's God's going to do something significant with your life. And I got to be honest, he has with both yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. With yeah. both of them. Yeah, I mean, and, 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 you know, is it the egg or is it the chicken? Which one came first? I don't know. I just know that God put that in me to do that. And I know that, did they become that because I spoke to it or were they already that and God had that intention for them? Here's what I know. I know God works in cooperation with his creation. Yes. And so I believe what God did is he put it in my heart to speak faith into their heart Mm -hmm. so that they always have assumed God wants to do something special with me. Now, we never just talked about that like being God wants to do something great with you, meaning he wants to put you in Colosseums or he wants to make you an evangelist that's going to draw. Because those things are not, those are not significant. Right. Those are things that could happen or may not happen, but what's happening in their life, through their life, that's affecting the world and and significance. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so we've always called that out. We've always treated greatness for what it, what it is, servitude, hard work, loving people, seeing beyond the difficulties, persevering, all those kind of mentalities. Our girls grew up. And I, I got to be honest, I had a mentor in my life at the time who was my pastor. And he's just, he, he taught me a lot of those things. Right. I'm just going to be honest. He was really good at seeing potential and speaking Calling to it. it and out. he, he taught me that. So I just, I just did that with my kids. That's great. And with Janae yes. as well. I, I had, when I was younger, I just was going for it and Janae was just following me. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's how I saw it. And I really wasn't meaning for it to be that way, but that's the way it was. And she was getting lost in the mix. And we weren't very old, but I mean, we'd started when we were 19. Right. So so at 25, she's like, what am I going to do with my life? I just don't want to follow you around doing nothing, just watching you go. Yay, David, what about me in terms of purpose? And that same leader told me, look, the best thing you could ever do is find out what is her gift, what is her strength, yeah. and then release her to that's do awesome. that. And so that's kind of how we roll. That's the kind of intentionally yeah. how we lived our life. You know, uh, when you're when you're talking like that, it makes me think of uh, in, in Proverbs where it says, raise up a child in the way they should go when they're old, they'll not depart from it. And when you look at that verse, which you know this, is it, it speaks to observing your child the giftings that God has put in them Mm -hmm. and, and trying to raise them in that. Yes. And I heard someone say it one time is like, speak to their future. Yeah. So God has entrusted us to see that, to speak to it Mm -hmm. and to help them get to that place. So good. Yeah. Now, how do you, how do you see, uh, it's, it's a little different when you become a grandparent. Yeah. Cause I know we probably got some granddads out there listening, but, so how do you see that that intentionality as a grandparent? Do you do you see it the same way? You obviously you don't get to spend as much. Grandparents are awesome, right? Because you get yeah. to have them play fun, send them back yeah. to send them yeah. back to Connor and Taylor, and uh, and let them deal with it. But yeah. uh, so what what do you and Janae think as a grandparent? This is what we want to do. Well, you know, we say there's all kinds of little cute colloquialisms around grandparenting. And one of them is you can take care of the kids and then send them home. That's a bunch of baloney. Uh, not if you're a good grandparent. Yeah, that's true. If you're an intentional grandparent, and we're not always serious, we have fun. I see my role as in my grandkids' life as a person who can have fun with them, but then teach them life lessons that their parents have probably told them a million times, but they haven't heard it. 
because it's coming from that same voice that they hear every day. That's how our kids were. Mm -hmm. We had significant people in our life that we trusted and we loved that would speak into our kids' life. That's another really big seconding. Component. Yes, you know. right. C coming alongside and saying something. And I'd, I, I, I'd always get so mad when Taylor or Sydney would come home and the youth pastor said, blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, I've said that 500 times. Exactly. You didn't hear. My teacher told me today. I'm like, oh, your teacher's an idiot. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's how you feel as a parent inside. Like, I've said that 50 times. But what a parent, what a grandparent to me is, a grandparent is a backstop. It's a it's a, a reinforcement to the parent. Now, obviously, a lot funner role. Uh, not the buck doesn't stop with some the less pressure, yeah. right? And 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 I think it's an opportunity for the grandparent to build up the parent to the grandchild. That's great. That's great. So it's like, man, your parents are awesome. You're, you know, every time I I, I like even with the baby last night, Millie, we were they were over at the house and she would. She would say, uh, and this was intentional. I don't, I, I, I'm saying this seriously. Uh, I, I know it's going to sound like I'm some guru when I say this, but this really was intentional. She thinks, Millie is six months old. She thinks Connor's the funniest human being on the planet. He can start talking to her. She just starts laughing. That's true. And so as she was doing that, I was saying that to her. Encouraging Yes, her, I was yeah. saying, You're, you think your dad's awesome. I, I was. I was saying, you think your dad's awesome. You think your dad's the funniest guy ever. Because here's what I'm doing. I'm speaking into her subconscious mind that he is her best friend. He is the he is the lead in her life. That's awesome. He is the strength of her life. If, if she's in trouble, he's her hero. And that, you know, and I think a lot of times grandparents make the mistake of trying to be that. Right, right. Instead of pointing back to yeah. the parent. It's not intentional ever, but sometimes that no, happens. I know it matters who you marry. You better take a look at their parents, too, yeah. because you want good. No, oh, absolutely. Thank God yeah. for yeah. David and Janae. You've I mean, been blessed beyond me. Oh, my sure. God. It's it's unreal. It really is. Well, we're not. We're, let's not get carried away. I think we're, what we're we might, so good. We <laughs> might switch the title for this to the grandparent guru. <laughs> The G, the GP guru, the GP guru. Um, oh, Lord you know, Jesus. I was reading an article about uh, grandparenting, and it said they were basically in the lines of what you're saying. They were like, really, the greatest thing you can do as a grandparent is still support and help your children be healthy parents. Yes, to continue to lead them. I thought right. that was great. We have a we have a small group that we lead from our church. It's an empty nester group. So these are all people that their kids are almost all the way out or all the way out of their house. And we frequently have conversations about where's, you know, how do you manage the uh, parenting an adult right. that is completely independent of you now? And where's the line? You know, how, how far is too far? How, how shallow is too shallow? You know, it, it's a difficult, people always think that the hardest time for parenting is when the kids are young. Whoa, not even close. It increases in its intensity as they get older. And even as they get out of your home and things, you're, you don't stop being a parent. That's right. But you have to learn how to manage parenting. It's a shift in better. relationship. Yeah. And I'm just yeah. going to say something, guys. And, and this is why we're going to start a podcast for parenting, Janae and I. But I, I just, it's a, there's a problem. We have a problem in the United States of America right now. And I believe that all the major issues that we're dealing with can be, you can draw a direct line 
from the issues we're dealing with to a major gap in good parenting. Wow. We've literally, because of divorce, because yeah, of you. broken homes, because of people, you know, um, releasing their responsibility, abdicating right. their role, mm -hmm. giving it up, letting the kids run the house. Yeah. I mean, it is, there are just so many gaps and you're seeing it play out in school systems. You're seeing it play out in churches. Yeah. Yeah, you you're are. seeing it play out in, you know, communities. It's, it's a, it's a, we're in a, really? we're in a bit of a spot and we need a lot of people who are good parents, especially grandparent age. Yes. To, let's not, let's, let's, you use the word intentional. Let's not sit back and see what happens. That's right. Let's not be passive about this. Let's jump in and say, how can we help Amen. parents who really do want to be good parents? But the truth is a lot of the parents in this generation don't know how. That's true. Didn't have a good and honor. here's the yeah. sadder part. A lot of them are just choosing not to be parents. Yeah, right? instead of instead yeah. of just getting better. You know, yeah. I uh, obviously the, the, the reason we're doing this podcast is that we want to encourage men mm. to be Christian men. Like right. they can be strong as Christian men. They can lead their families well. Yeah. They can do these things. And and obviously, I know we're all in agreement that the the core at the core of that at the center of that is Jesus. Right. And so uh, when I say the name Jesus, hmm. what does that what does that spark in you? What does that mean to you? You know, boy, I got emotional when you said that. It means so much. I don't even I don't know if I want to say more, but it. The older I get, the more precious that relationship is. Mm, yeah. Uh, I can't even describe why I said that or why that is the truth, but it is. I, I loved Jesus when I was when I was young. I've always, you know, when I committed my life to Jesus, I've I've never stopped serving him. I've never turned away from him. I haven't been perfect. And I've had some failures and I've and I have been lukewarm at times. I mean, over 35 years or 36 years of following Jesus, there have been moments, but I got to be honest, for most of it, I have given my all to the best of my knowledge right. to Jesus. And when I, when I was younger, I was very passionate about Jesus. I was, I was very um, excited about the cause of Christ. I was very enamored with the adventure of faith. And uh, as I've gotten older, I'm still all of those things, but... Um, there's this gratitude. Hmm. Just thank God. Because mm -hmm. I look at other people's lives that really haven't lived for Jesus that way and haven't really experienced Him in the way that we have chosen to. And I look at their lives and I think, that, that could have been me. That could yeah. have been my family. Mm -hmm. My kids could hate Jesus right now. My kids could hate the church right now. My kids could be out, you know, living for themselves and not right. caring about right. others. Right. And not, not that that doesn't happen, even to people who give it their all and think, but that's why I'm saying I'm thankful. I, I wasn't a perfect parent. I did a lot of things wrong yes. as a parent. A lot. I made so many mistakes. But I just, I just have to tell you, when you rely on Jesus and you truly put your faith in Him, when you say... When you say um, what have what what comes to your mind when, when you hear that name, 
I'm telling you, just gratitude. Amen. Just gra- I just am so, you know, there's that scripture that Paul writes. He says, thank God for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I, and, 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 you, you know, I, this, this is not a lie. I, there are many times that I'm praying and I literally will stop and say, God, I really feel like I am not articulate enough to, to give you the proper thanks and praise that you deserve. I just don't feel like it's enough. I, I just, I'm sitting here praying and I'm saying the words, but it just doesn't mean anything. And I think part of that is because my view of Jesus has expanded right. because of my life experience. Mm-hmm. And so I've gotten older, I've experienced a lot of things, really great things and some really horrible things. And in, in all of that experience, that experience informs my view and it and and with me all the way. You know, I can honestly say I used to read I used to read Psalm 23, Lord is my mm-hmm, shepherd, yes. I shall not want. Now it's different when you read it when you're 54 than it is when you're 23. Right. Right. Because because it's just a verse when you're 23, but when you're 54, you've actually gone through all that stuff. You've lived. You've been in the yes. You've been in the you've been in the the good places in the grass, and you've 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 been in the shadow shadow valley, Mm -hmm. and you've and you've been in front of your enemies eating at a banquet table. I mean, you've experienced it all, and you look back on it and you say, "Man, he is a good shepherd." That's what it does. When you say that, I think of my relationship with him is so much more real today. So yeah. well, um, now I'm not saying, I'm not saying that please don't take anything to say. I know we have to, you know, disclose everything yeah. and we have to be sure we don't hurt anybody's feelings. I'm not by any way saying that. I don't think that uh, when you're young, right. that your relationship isn't real and it isn't vibrant as a good mine was, I'm just saying it has expanded yeah. so much and it's simplified too. Oh, yeah. My life has mm-hmm. simplified. I, I'm not, I just don't care about a lot of this other extra stuff mm-hmm. that I did when I was younger. It's just like, man, Jesus is good. Well, that helps, uh, you know, as a younger generation. I mean, I'm almost 30, but that helps me hearing when you guys talk about that yeah. because it lets me know, don't get caught up in the trappings That's of right. yeah. ignorance and listen and learn. Yeah. And, and when, keep your mouth shut, open your ears. Absolutely. Yeah. And when you talk about... When you talk about that, it makes it it's it brings it together what you have to look forward to, because this walk in Christ should continue to grow. So, Amen. okay, let me ask you one last question. This is if you could give a piece of advice, one piece of advice <laughs> to all the men out there, what would that be? Um, Connor just said it. Uh, men have a problem listening. And first, everybody will say, yeah, you know, talk a lot and you think you know a lot, blah, 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 blah. That's not what I mean at all. Because there are different personality types within the male gender. There's there's gregarious guys who have, you know, they talk about everything Mm. and you can't get a word in edgewise. And then then there are guys that are really quiet and reserved. But I've observed over the years that a lot of men, whether passively or actively, don't listen. Mm. And I think one of the things that I learned, I probably lectured way too much, my kids. Okay. So if we're talking same. about family, the truth is I learned to listen to my kids to the point that if my kids walk through the room today as adults and there's something wrong, I know it. 
I can tell you, it, it was Observance, a la yeah, it, like last year, uh, there had been several days that, that Sydney, I don't even know what she was dealing with. There was just some things she was dealing with. And I just was watching and I was listening to her talk and I was thinking about it. And then she walked through the room and I, and, and I can't even remember what it was she was dealing with, but I just, I was sitting in a recliner just watching TV. It was later in the evening and I was done with everything. And I just sat there and she walked by and I just grabbed her hand as she was walking by. Uh, which is another thing I'll talk about later if we ever talk again. But uh, I grabbed her hand and I said, what's wrong? And she just, I don't know if she could just tell by my voice that I wasn't going to let this right. Drop. She just started crying. And right there, right then, she just spilled mm. whatever it was. I can't even remember, but it was just something that was really mm -hmm. anxiety and stress in her heart. Yeah. And, and, I believe with all of my heart, Scotty, I believe this, that the reason that, that I can tell that about my kids is because I listen to them. They may not even think I'm listening. They may not even know I'm listening, but I hear their hearts. And I don't just, I don't just listen. I know we all talk about, let's listen more. Let's be better listeners. God gave you two ears and one mouth, you, blah, blah, blah. No, I'm talking about empathically listening, listening to your kids from where they're coming from, not from where you're coming from. Too many dads, they're too busy trying to fix their kid. So instead of hearing what the real issue is so they can guide and lead their right. kid in the right direction, they just are listening from their perspective, waiting for an opportunity to jump in and say, no, this is what you need to do right. because this is what I would do. And the problem with that is your situation, especially now, is very different. Right. And it was very different when you were, you were their age. I mean, when I was my kid's age, there was no cell phone. Right. Yeah, it's changed. Right. When I was my kid, when I was Sydney's age, we still went to the payphone. We had beepers. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Uh, so I, I'm just saying, guys, listen, learn to listen to your wife. Learn to listen to your kids and not just hear them. Listen, deeply listen. Get your mind off of whatever it is you're passionate about. Get your mind off of your, your thinking on everything and literally listen to where they're coming from. And I wouldn't even say just about your family. If you want to be intentional and that's proactive right. in your family, that's the way to do it. You start by listening. That's right. And, the same, and you take that into life. Yes. Men, just listen. Stop talking so much. Stop thinking so much and listen and hear what people are actually saying. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just a long time ago, I, I'm a talker and I, I don't, you know, I'm a talker. I'll talk. But a long time ago, I just got over trying to prove myself to yeah. anybody. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons guys get in situations, even quiet guys get in situations and they talk or they lock up and don't talk is because they're trying to prove who they are. I agree with that. Yeah. And if I say too much, then people are going to think I'm stupid or they're going to think I don't know. Or, and if I don't say enough, then people are going to realize I'm very insecure on the inside. That's right. Right. Yeah. And so when I was younger, I had a lot of times where I just felt like I've got to prove myself. I got to yeah. prove myself. And as I've gotten wiser, maybe not even older, as I've gotten wiser, I've just begin to realize, look, it's far more important to hear someone, to listen to someone in a in a an intuitive way, 
in that's, a Holy Spirit-led way. That's awesome. Amen. Than it is to to impress anyone. That's awesome. Who are you impressing? I man, I I, I think that's right on, I, and I think that's one of the reasons we're doing this. We want men to learn how to listen to get better, and so thank you, Pastor David, for joining us today. My pleasure. My it's pleasure. been awesome. Thank you, everyone that's been listening. Let's apply these things to life. Man, I'm excited about the man, future of our, yes. our of Men Life podcast. And let me just encourage you men out there, remember that we're just real men trying to live like Jesus. That's right. Awesome. Good stuff, guys.